0: my father was East Tennessee, land of the free,
1: home free, spent time as a kid, hills of Carolina, mountains and valleys there, there's no place finer. still my time hello everyone hey
0: guys how's everyone doing oh yeah Yeah. we we were gonna (laughs) not ask that anymore but we hope you're doing well so let's give you well wishes for that you're doing well
1: (laughs) (laughs) exactly all the well wishes um we're happy to be back with you all after a little week break
0: yeah it's not been the best of times we've had some roughness going on and sure we'll give you an update in a couple of episodes, but it has yeah. been a period where we just had to do what we could do, especially me and give myself grace. And the podcast just wasn't part of that for
1: the week. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So that's okay. It's called, you know, resting and taking care of yourself. So that's exactly. What we did. But we're happy to be back now. And yeah, I guess we'll, maybe we'll make it a whole episode, the update. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll wait on that. Y'all, y'all will have to listen. Maybe next week. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Cause we've got
0: a, it's, it's the now, now drama, the real time mess that mm-hmm. we're processing and dealing with as we go. So indeed. But but hey, we hope- you know, um, this weekend I had a great weekend and I went out with my best friend and my partner last night and we saw live music and it was really fun. So it was kind of nice. Like, I haven't seen any live music really since the pandemic since, so nice. it was nice to like have some music in our lives.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I, did, I went to a concert last night too, so. That's great. Nice. Yeah, yes. I'm just wishing it would get warm, but slowly, it seems like the beginning of this week in D.C. will actually be, this upcoming week will be really nice, so I'm excited.
0: Good. Yeah. I've been really upset because I haven't been able to set up everything outside at my house (laughs) Yeah, because it just keeps getting cold and freezing. And it's like, what is happening? The last two years by this time, like I had all kinds of stuff set up that I can't set up yet. So
1: yeah, March
0: and now we're in April. So here we are.
1: I know it's coming though. It's coming.
0: It is. It is. I have faith. (laughs) I just keep looking at the weather report and hoping that it'll trend up.
1: (laughs) <laughs> i know me too i check it like five times a day <laughs> exactly um but so today we have uh a story from sarah well maybe it's a well it's a story i guess but kind of a saga uh that i really haven't heard much about because it's um sarah's opposite side of the family that we don't share that yeah know little li- that i know little of so Yeah. For this crazy story.
0: Yeah. And it's also during a time period where you would have been pretty young, maybe even in middle school. um, Yeah. Pretty sure you were in middle school or maybe a freshman. But either way, um, it was a period of time where you were definitely not an adult yet. So. (laughs) All right. So this is Sarah. I'm the older cousin.
1: (laughs) I'm Morgan. I'm the younger cousin.
0: (laughs) And so Sarah is going to tell this, this part um, of my, it's, a, it's a, an event that happened on my biological father's side. So just to give a little context on kind of that side of the family. So my biological father, he was an only child for his mother, but then his father remarried and he had a half brother And a stepbrother. And Mm. so the stepbrother actually passed away before I was born, like a year before I was born on a really bad motorcycle accident. So, with his father and his stepmom, that just left him, my father, the oldest. And then he has a younger half brother, and that's my uncle. And so, you know, whenever it came to my dad, um, I think I've talked about this before. He loved having fun and enjoying life. He wasn't real great <laughs> at responsibility or being an adult. <laughs> yep. So my whole life, like he grew up, he grew up. Actually, he was still growing up, I guess. I grew up <laughs> with him living in his parents' homes, and like mm. they had more than one home, so it wasn't always necessarily with them. But he never really rented or had his own home. Like um, my grandfather owned multiple homes in the area. And so there were these specific homes that basically I would live in and out of like my whole childhood. And so out of those homes, there is a nice It was the larger home in a predominant area of Knoxville. And this home was owned my entire life. It was the home where we did all of our gatherings, anything special, like lots and lots and lots of memories in this home.
1: Um, Real quick though, it, I think it's important <clears throat> context. And I can't remember if we've mentioned it before in the past, but your parents got divorced when you were four, right? I was three. Oh, three. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, you had your stepdad. So you weren't always living with your dad. Most of the time you weren't as a right. kid.
0: Right. Yeah. So I had, there was shared custody um, and it was pretty much like the every other weekend kind of thing. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. But this home in particular, even when my parents were married um, and I was a baby, we actually lived in this home. Oh, okay. And the like... in-law suite downstairs. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so with being the shared custody, like obviously holidays are like a big thing with shared custody. So I often spent part of my holidays or, you know, the holidays with my dad and it would be at this home. And then throughout the years, he lived at this home in and out. Um, I lived at this home whenever I moved out as a teenager, whenever um, I couldn't live with my mother anymore. So I lived in this home then as well. And you know, I would say that, you know, because there wasn't a whole lot of time spent, like memories in this home were generally pretty positive. Like, you know, um, my step-grandmother like had all kinds of really cool holiday stuff. She, you know, those great food, china cabinet, big table, nice meals, you know, um, cool little holiday trinkets, like Christmas stuff that played music and like, you know, all those things. And you know, there was a lot of my memories with my dad were in this home. So it was always kind of like, a cozy feeling whenever yeah. I would think of that home because it was always like the high points, which oftentimes happens when they're shared custody. Like the parent that doesn't have primary custody, like is the fun parent. It's the parent yeah. where you have like the really good memories because you don't have to deal with like the everyday, you know, business yep. with, yeah. them, you know, <laughs> absolutely. yeah, Yeah. And so a lot of events took place at this home. Um, there was a lot of things there, like, as far as like family heirlooms and pictures, um, lots of motorcycles. Cause that whole side of my family was incredibly into motorcycles. And so, you know, um, I speak of this home because of where we're going with this story. <laughs> so in 2008, I was in the process of adopting my child and I was very young. It was a really difficult process. We will share the story sometime, (laughs) but it took a long time. Like, you know, definitely had to do home study and get evaluated and, you know, those types of things to be able to adopt him. And so this was in March of 2008. My son was born in June of 2007. So he wasn't quite a year old. So I'm laying in bed with my child (laughs) and it's about March. And I believe um, it was actually, it was right before I started my now job. Is when this oh happened. really wow just like a couple weeks before I started actually that's yeah. crazy so I'm laying there and you know back whenever we used to watch cable television <laughs> yeah <laughs> and there was this thing called the news <laughs> yep <laughs> <laughs> that we would watch I'm laying there just watching the news because it's like early and you know I'm kind of up with the kid doing bottles and stuff like that and this childhood home flashes up on the screen clear as shit picture video all that and I'm like what the fuck <sighs> and and here comes the headliners six people detained after busting a meth lab in home in west knoxville and i was like oh you've got to be fucking kidding me like there's oh so many things God. in my mind like i'm seeing all the mugshots. one of them's my uncle and i'm just in shock because obviously you know during that time period n- meth lab busts were a thing that were st- starting to become more common yeah but especially in the area that this home was located it was just like a complete shock complete shock you know um it wasn't a rural area it was a neighborhood you know it's in a predominant area like just the worst possible location not that any location's good but you know there's a lot of houses around this house in case things go bad like it wouldn't be the only home affected so i'm laying there in complete fucking shock because this this childhood home of mine is being blasted on the news. They're showing them getting arrested in the front yard. They're oh showing their pictures. And they're like, they cooked a couple of days ago and we've been monitoring them. And, you know, they like disclosed how much meth they actually compensated during the bust. And so at this point, I mean, I just I'm I'm in disbelief and shock. And I get on the phone. and I call my dad and I was like, dad have you seen the news? Do you know what's going on? And he Mm -hmm. was like, no, what are you talking about? And so we always called the houses by the road name. Mm -hmm. And so I said, you know, the road name house. I was like, it's on the fucking news. You know, uncle, you know, (laughs) your brother (laughs) has been busted with a meth lab. He was like, what? So he got off and like, you know, starts contacting his parents in all of the news um, that you can still find articles about this online. Mm -hmm. And it it lists my grandfather as the homeowner. And it says, you know, that he had nothing to do with it. Like he wasn't charged with anything. It was just the six people that were involved in the activity, which one of them was my uncle. And I just remember, again, I think this is just another testament to that guilty feeling. So like I immediately felt so much shame and guilt. And then I started worrying about what if they find out and I can't go through with my adoption? What if this reflects on me and I'm being judged, even though I've done nothing, but I feel like I have, I feel guilty, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, how do you get through those emotions when you know you're not guilty? You know, you had nothing to do with it, but it's like, just so so close to me, you know, with my Mm. family. And I just felt like, oh my God, like, are they going to not approve the adoption? Like I need to not talk to that part of my family. Like just, I remember all of those emotions flooding in after the initial shock Mm. kind of wore off.
1: I have a couple of questions. So did the grandparent, the grandparents didn't live in that house. They just owned it. Okay. So so it was just the uncle.
0: They had lived in it before, but right, at the right, time, right. they were living in another one of their houses. So they everybody um, always kind of rotated. My dad rotated yeah. houses. They rotated houses. But it was always all... There's four of them, and it was one of the four. So they were yeah. living in another house that they owned okay. at the time, and they were gotcha. letting my uncle stay there.
1: And then... Okay, gotcha. The other question is, did that uncle have a history of using, I'm yes. assuming? Yeah.
0: So... My uncle, you know, when I grew up around him, I thought he was like the cool bachelor uncle, right? Like he yeah. was in and out of relationships. Um, you know, I. Which actually, is like,
1: you're kind of your dad's vibe too. Was Who was older? Yeah. Uh, my, dad was,
0: my dad was your- a lot older than him.
1: Oh, okay. My dad
0: was the oldest. Um, yeah. And, you know, like he would have, there's certain. Some of his boyfriends I'm still friends with on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Like there's definitely some relationships that he had had that I had like lasting, you know, relationships with. I want to say he's kind of like me, like he would have lasting relationships, even if things didn't work out with his partner, like Mm -hmm. they would remain friends. But yeah, yeah, he like I still see on like social media him in and out of some relationships. And I mean, there's some that last a few years, but he's definitely like never gotten married, doesn't have children. Um he definitely was always in and out of the drug scene. And I know yeah. this cuz I remember when I was like 18, I swear to god, I went to Christmas at this house <laughs> and in the parking lot, the driveway, he was like, "Oh, I have these other gifts for me, for you." And he gives me like drug paraf- like drug paraphernalia stuff, like stuff oh. like <laughs> containers basically to like carry drugs in, essentially. Oh good I was like oh okay we've never had these conversations but I guess I'm of age now and yeah (laughs) that you're that uncle okay (laughs) you know what I mean like it was it was always that vibe just like the cool uncle you know that's like an always bachelor like has a lot of friends in and out of you know relationships but yeah. Wow. So yeah. Um, and he <laughs> he was the baby. So like my grandparents always favored him and that always bothered my dad tremendously. And my dad always felt like he was treated unfairly. Even though my grandparents did so much for my dad. Like, do not give me wrong. Yeah. They like housed him, they gave him money, they like fed him like his entire life until he was almost, you know, 60 when he died. Yeah, so, um, yeah. Uh I would say that my uncle probably like my dad was a real bad alcoholic on top of everything else. So he often missed life and missed out on life is what I like to say. But my uncle was more involved with my grandparents and would help them more and do projects and things like that. So after, you know, all that happened and, you know, my uncle got out of jail, like he didn't, he did not have to serve very much time like oh really Our grandparents hired an attorney um, and they also had to do hazmat with the house so the years that followed were just devastating embarrassing shameful you know like the whole neighborhood was in an uproar about this i mean it was Mm. a big big thing for the area and whenever you cook meth In a house, like people talk about like, oh, it can be on the walls. If you touch it, if kids touch it, yada, yada. Like when you actually fabricate it, um, you know, in the missions or whatever you want to say, get in the house like it's everywhere. But yeah. I never really understood exactly how everywhere it actually is. So when a house has been deemed unhabitable because it's been busted and this is my personal experience, anybody else has real Science behind this. Yeah. Please speak out and let us <laughs> please do. But I mean, the garage motorcycles—like fifteen motorcycles—gone. And most of a motorcycle is metal. But what happens yeah. is they test it, and then you can get hazmat to clean things, and then retest. And if it retests clean, you can keep it. If it doesn't, you don't get to keep it. So literally everything from that house. I'm talking every picture. Every piece of china silverware, every family heirloom, every piece of clothing oh my God all of the the you know walls um, cabinets toilets everything down to the studs had to be ripped out and I mean that's a it's a really hard concept to To process that. This was the home where like all that stuff was kept for our family. And just to have to throw out your history. I mean, every photo album, anything, anything. It was everything. And, you know, my grandparents spent multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars to clean things to try to keep them but they just kept testing dirty afterwards now again was like hazmat being assholes about it because of the whole situation i don't know but i do know that literally everything had to be disposed of before that house could pass and they could start essentially rebuilding the entire inside of the house from stud like oh my god I'm talking no, f- like, even, like, subflooring, like, all of that stuff, gone.
1: You know what I'm wondering now is, okay, so in the event that this happens, your house gets busted for a meth lab, and the hazmat comes in, who pays for that? Like, who pays you for do. them? T- yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, yeah, like the city would essentially, like, fine you, or county, whichever.
0: Yeah, or... um. Oh yeah, you definitely, I think there's definitely like fines, but it was basically like you can just lose your house and we're going to scrape it or you yeah. can try to keep your house, but you have to pay for everything. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that my grandfather paid 300000 to just hazmat before the story was over oh my <laughs> to God. clean and test. And then now you've got a home that doesn't have anything. You've got yeah. no furniture, no cabinets. No walls, nothing. And so, you know, it took, I mean, they were rebuilding that house for like five years after that. And that's honestly when we get into the time period where my father passed away Mm -hmm. and then his father, the homeowner passed away and he passed away in that house. So in 2011, the house was redone enough to where you could be, where you could live in it. Um, there was still like flooring that needed to be completed and cabinets and walls and stuff, but they were living in that house. And that's where my grandfather passed away in hospice,
1: but I didn't realize that, but that wasn't the house that your dad passed away in though. He was living somewhere else. Mm
0: -mm. No, my dad was in another one of the family homes when he Um, passed yeah but yeah and so you know it just it's such a strained relationship out of all that my step-grandmother that i grew up with who i love still i believe lives in that home um Mm -hmm. it's really close to my house so i drive by it anytime i go a certain way and i honestly haven't talked to her my uncle like in person in years after the passings and honestly like my step-grandmother. And again, I've been in these types of situations, but even some of the people that were arrested during the bust, she still lets live there and like supports them basically. Mm, And they help her out, you know, with like going to get groceries or like projects on the house. And I just got to where I just felt like I shouldn't associate with my child and everything. Like it's very much the same vibe as whenever I go to my family's my my childhood home with my mom and like all the people there. And so like I am a huge advocate of recovery and treating people like people. But I don't know, for some reason that whole situation and like even having my kid in the house afterwards once I knew Hazmat had, you know, signed off was just like a concern. I don't know. It was just always a really weird feeling. And yeah, I will say kudos to my uncle. He ha- has recovered. Like he's had a steady job for a very long time. Like I'm oh. really proud that he has gotten to where he is in life, and it proves that recovery is very much possible. It's not an easy road. Yeah. Um, I'm not really sure that that was the straw that broke him. I think that it was th- a couple of years after that of happenings, but yeah. he uh, he definitely decided the path he wanted to live and got off of that road
1: yeah well that's (laughs) good
0: yeah so i'm really really happy for that you know and for him especially
1: there's a woman that i'll follow on instagram i I know i've mentioned this to you before um uh, her name's yoga girl and uh she had a situation in which their home, her husband and her daughter, they found out their home had black mold. And so similar situation, you know, you can't really keep any of your belongings. And, you know, she, she posted about it a lot uh, just about like that, what it's like to grieve, like losing all of your belongings, like your child's belongings, you know, all of those memories, pictures. And that's a really big deal. I mean, even I'm getting to the age now where, my friends' parents are starting to sell their homes and downsize. You know, as they're getting into like their 50s, 60s, 70s, um, and just like even that is is a difficult thing to go through. Like when your parents yeah. sell your childhood home, like it's just yeah. it's a place that holds so many memories, and then to lose it to a meth lab is
0: right rough. Yeah.
1: I mean, it was super traumatic,
0: and I think I think that. to kind of show that I've told Morgan this before and she was like wait is that the house from your dreams (laughs) so (laughs) a lot of the homes I grew up in I dream about really vividly and have like my whole life but Mm -hmm. that house in particular I have continuously had nightmares about like even before the myth lab and I don't know why I think it might be associated with like things that it just happened there. And not to get all spooky on everybody, but there's always this thing about like my great grandmother, like being there in spirit who mm. was passed away and like yeah. touching you on the shoulder in the kitchen or like walking down the hallway at night or like calling out your name. I would definitely say that might have played into my imagination as a child. Maybe not, but there was some creepy ass shit that happened in that house when I was little and when I used yeah. to stay in it, even as a teenager. Oh, and I literally have these just very vivid fucking dreams of being in that house. And a lot of it is like scary. Like I'm trapped. There's demons. Like oh God. I could just think through like how many dreams I've had about that house. And it's, you know, again, like I know, Morgan, you've probably looked into more dream stuff than I have, but I don't know why I have nightmares about that house constantly, and they're always very anxious, very, very, like, those dreams where you wake up and you're, like, not okay, you know? Yeah. And, like, a lot of the times I can't get out. It (sighs) had, like, a double front door, and I just always remember, like, trying to get down the stairs to the foyer and, like, trying to get out, but, like, (sighs) I can't. And it's just so weird, and i I haven't had one in a little while. I've been dreaming of other family homes recently.
1: <laughs> this episode's gonna make you dream about it, so yeah, okay. it probably will. <laughs> Hopefully like, not.
0: So many dreams. It's it's so bizarre, and I don't know if that's like linked to trauma. I know that there's certain things about um, exploring your surroundings mentally whenever you've been abused and stuff like that. Yeah, but. Yeah, it's like there's some unresolved feelings with this house and me, and I just can't get past it. Yeah. Like, just driving down that road and seeing it like on a regular basis, whenever I go to a certain Walmart, <laughs> it just gives me this dark, dark feeling. And then, you know, thinking of the little trinkets and things I always enjoyed as a child in the holidays, and just thinking like, I can only remember those because we don't have pictures,
1: oh, <laughs> we right. don't have
0: the items like it's all gone
1: yeah which is it's wild that like both of those can exist at the same time like you having happy memories there and a cozy feeling but also the creepy and dark and heavy feelings it's just like that duality is kind of wild it's like
0: daytime experiences there were great or like evening and nighttime (laughs) experiences there it took like a whole different turn yeah Like, like that movie that like 14 ghosts or something that's like, oh, this beautiful house and it's amazing. And then at night it like locks you in and then all the fucking crazy
1: shit comes out. Like, I oh, don't God. Know, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, wait, is that was that Hill House too? That's kind of like Hill House, right? Yeah. But well, the old one,
0: that one was still creepy. Though. Like 2000, that was like 14. Oh. And the house had a gear in it and it would like unlock them from downstairs.
1: Oh yeah, my God! It it's I have to look that up. <laughs> it is creepy. It is weird though. Like I um, I mean, not to go on a tangent about like creepy stuff, but um, I had told you that I had gone just with some friends um to we did like a little weekend trip. Um, one of the friends doesn't live in DC; she lives uh in a different state. So we met in this kind of like middle place. Uh, and you know it was like a three bedroom house. I had Relly with me, Um, you know, and, and the three of us we all had separate bedrooms. And it was like kind of in a rural area, but not really. I mean, their house houses right next door. You know, there was just like some land as well. Right. Uh, and I was so creeped out at night, like for no fucking reason. And there were two other grown adults in the house with me and Relly on the bed with me. And I was just like, petrified, like couldn't sleep at night. And I'm like, what's up with that? And they yeah. were like, one of them was like, one of the friends was like, Yeah, there was a weird vibe in the house. Like we we had a great weekend, but I felt a weird vibe too. And the other friend was like, no, I was totally fine. So I was just like, I don't know what I mean, about.
0: I truly believe that certain people are more sensitive to things. I would yeah. say I'm one of those people that I can walk into a place and I either am neutral, have a great feeling or a really bad one. yeah. Like, and I, it's like, I sense that immediately, you know? Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Well, I mean, the women in our family on our our shared side, like they are really intuitive and kind of in tune with that kind of stuff. Like I know my mom is the same way and my mom always like she, her intuition's really good. Like she would always know when something bad was going to happen. You're the same. Yeah. 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 There's something to say for that intuition and kind of People who are more sensitive to mm-hmm. feelings and that kind of stuff. Oh, definitely. For sure. I don't know, man. It's so weird. But yeah. So
0: I wonder, yeah, if there's... So, you know, just the meth lab <laughs>
1: in my family home.
0: I mean, you know, it's like what home has not been completely tarnished in my life at this point?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, again, we'll again have to do a, an episode about kind of your mom's trajectory and that whole story. Um, yeah, and there's what's a, happened a lot with that house
0: to do with that story.
1: Over yeah, the last few years, and that's a that's a really really hard one. Um, but the same with that house. I mean, it's just. I mean, I have lots of memories there too. Obviously, mm-hmm. you do too, and you babysitting me there and all the things. So we'll we'll have to get into that eventually. But it does. It sucks to lose a home that holds a lot of memories especially childhood memories and it sucks to lose photos and belongings and like mm-hmm. it's frustrating I when mean, it could have been avoided. The stress that that put on my grandparents was yeah. just
0: unprecedented you know not just financially um, but you know the emotion and everything that went with it so I mean I am really glad that you know my uncle was able to get on track and and recover and you know assist and be there for them essentially and through part of that. But I mean to see it it's almost like watching your home burn in slow motion. Mm
1: -hmm. You know,
0: like to see all of your belongings get, you know, put in a dumpster. (laughs) All of them. Um because most everything like I mentioned was stored at that house or at that house that like was special for the family. Mm. It's just crazy. I just, it's a, it's a feeling of loss and helplessness that is indescribable, you know?
1: Yeah. And then the, the shame and embarrassment of being on the news. I mean, you know, that's, it's, it's not the tiniest town and tiniest city, but it's, it's small enough to where people know people and Mm -hmm. neighbors, know neighbors. And and... when there's caution tape around a house for like two years. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's rough. Yeah. It
0: really really was and i just oh i don't even know i don't know how my grandparents did it with their kids seriously like they had a lot on their hands and
1: you know so the grandmother is still living in that house she said i believe so
0: i know that she would stay back and forth between that one and one other yeah um, in that other house i also have lots of memories from because my dad Um, it's not the one he died in either. This is another one. He used to live in it a lot and talk about Mm. creepy stuff. Like it's was built across the street from a church. It was intended to be like the pastor's house. Yeah. Really creepy stuff happened in the sixties in that house.
1: Oh my gosh. So
0: my family was always like the man that lives upstairs and like,
1: Oh my God. Oh yeah. There was
0: like this crazy stuff that would happen in that house constantly. And out in the garden, there's like a huge garden. And like my dad admitted to it. His whole life while he lived there, like waking up to people screaming your name, certain things happening to things on walls, doors, oh, hell stuff no. in the garden. At that house, I didn't care how old I was. I slept with my dad. There yeah. was no me staying in my bed in that house because that house is creepy as shit.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hell no.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, but for some reason, I don't have nightmares about that one. Yeah, that's so, weird. Whatever.
1: I don't know whatever oh my god this took an unexpected supernatural turn yeah but it's it's interesting yeah it's, it's like
0: though. is it the supernatural stuff or is it the trauma which one is it why do i dream? Yeah. why do i have these nightmares about this home all of the time and why does it stress me the fuck out
1: <laughs> yeah god i would love to know i wish yeah. someone could tell us the answer I don't yeah think they can that would be cool like someone who's cool. like
0: a specialist on
1: dream. Yeah. Like a dream interpreter, psychology or whatever. Yeah. 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 That's wild.
0: Well, I mean, at least the manufacturing of
1: meth didn't explode the house. Thank God. Yeah. There's that. (laughs) Yeah. That's a, that's a positive for sure. But I also like, it's crazy that they paid so much and did so much work to keep the house. Like I almost feel like I would have just been like, you know what? I'll cut my losses here i don't I think know it was
0: um one of those situations where because they definitely paid more than the home was worth at the time yeah a lot more than what the home was worth at the time i also think that Even if they, I I don't know, I think there's certain financial responsibilities and obligations if you're a homeowner and that happens. And it's not like my grandfather could just be like, oh, well, I'll just go bankrupt because he had lots of other properties and things like that. Yeah. So he was financially responsible, I think, no matter which way it went. But I think it was one of those scenarios where they were like, okay, we're going to clean it and then we'll test again. And it just it was just like a cycle you know yeah i don't think that they went into it ever intending to lose everything or ever intending to have paid that much money i think they legitimately thought you know because the the manufacturing was in the lower part of the house in the garage yeah so i mean to think that the contamination would go all the way upstairs into closets to the deepest depths of a
1: picture yeah that's crazy
0: yeah that that's what i mean like you're talking silverware put away in boxes inside of a china cabinet. You're talking closets where things are like in storage, like a whole floor above that, you know, yeah. Like, apparently that shit travels.
1: That's crazy. I mean, I guess yeah. like when you think about cooking something like vapor molecules, I mean, those are tiny. I, I might have to do some learning, some research yeah. or if somebody knows more than us about that, we would love to hear. Yeah. But it was just like,
0: a couple of years of continuous loss, you know, right would be like, well, they also, we tried to save the china or the silverware and, but it wouldn't. And we tried to save the pictures and mm. it still won't test clean. And we tried to save this and it still won't test clean, you know? Yeah. It just, it was like the slowest ripping off of a band aid possible. Yeah. My family. And
1: well, yeah, I guess once you've put uh, so much time and money in it, you're like, well, here we are, you know? You're not going to be like, well, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Oof. That's rough. Good Lord. People stop <laughs> fabricating some dumbass drugs. <laughs> Let's stop.
0: Just stop. Yes. Oh.
1: Well, send us if you have information about that kind of related topic or your own meth lab stories. Yeah. Uh, or it- just stories about losing a home or, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff yeah we would love to talk about it you know
0: and if you too have woke up to seeing one of your childhood homes on the news
1: yeah yeah exactly (laughs) had a wide awakening please tell us Yeah, send us those stories or you know what even the ghost stories we kind of opened up that yeah that as well so you got any
0: spirit related trauma
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah Let's talk about it. Some supernatural trauma. Yes. Family trauma of family members that are no longer with you but still traumatizing you. I don't know.
0: Yeah.
1: All of the above. (laughs) Yeah. Yes.
0: Yes. And you can email us at familytraumapod at gmail.com.
1: Yeah, and find our Facebook page. That's where we're trying to be the most active in the Facebook group or our Instagram. Mm-hmm. So, you yeah, on my pod, you can find us pretty easily. So, yeah, we want to hear your stories. Um, yeah. Otherwise, we hope you guys are good. Like you said, we're glad to be back with you this week, and we'll be back next week. And um, hope it's warming up wherever you are in the world. If it's time for it to be warming up. <laughs>
0: It needs to be warming up. There was frost on my car this morning. So please, Mm-mm. I'm done. We're done. It started sleeting here
1: yesterday. It's April. Get it together. That's what, yeah, that's what my dad said. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so hopefully warm weather is around the corner. So and you're enjoying it and getting outside and taking care. Yes, absolutely.
0: We wish you well. Take care of yourself. Take care of your mental health. Give yourself space. Do things that are important to you.
1: Yes. All the things. Yes. We love you. We'll, we'll talk love you to guys. you guys next week.
0: Bye. Bye bye.